Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, November 6th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 111, Make a Wish. That's what that means. If it's 111, you make a wish, right? Or is it just 1111? I'm not familiar with either of the conventions you're referencing. The only 111 I know is, I think, the F-111 Aardvark, uh, which was a rather unsuccessful air-to-ground weapons platform. But beyond that... It's 1111. The thing I'm thinking of is 1111. You make a wish at 1111, and then it comes true. Uh, in fact, there was just a, there was just an important of true that talked about this, but I, I learned it from an ex in college. Um, none of those wishes came true. So, uh, but you know, it's 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 we can make a smaller wish because it's only 111. My wish is to talk about video games. <laughs> it's a small wish. Well, you're really setting this uh, this up to succeed. It's true. Uh, it's just you and me today, Rob. Uh, Danielle is at the doctor. Uh, Patrick is on vacation. We're also recording pretty late, and so while I hope that I get this up on Monday, November 6th, there's a chance it'll go up on Tuesday, November 7th. Uh, but if which... your podcast is delayed by a day, when you download it, you make a wish, right? and it comes true. And it comes true, exactly. As long as it's a wish about having a podcast <laughs> in your ears, and that one will definitely come true. It's funny because if I knew, or, or you know, uh, I think like 20 minutes ago, if I had known that this might slip till November 7th, I might just do that on purpose because it would mean that I would get to talk to about uh, a couple of other things. Um, but one of those things, I just got an email that was like, uh, you can go ahead and talk about it. Uh, and that is Need for Speed Payback. Uh, the new Need for Speed game, which which originally had an embargo of November 7th. And then seriously, like a half hour ago, I got an email that was like, ah, the embargo shifted. It's now today. It's today at 6 p.m. Ah, just go ahead and talk about it. So uh, that's, you know, that's a thing. Um, I've been playing Need for Speed Payback. Do you remember what that is? Uh, yeah, I remember looking at it at uh, E3. And as I understand it, it's another open world uh need for speed game this one owing pretty nakedly uh to the fast and furious uh franchise didn't they get Um, out there and say like no 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 it's not fast and furious those that's actually not a great comparison and but it's incredibly but it is it, it incredibly is like so it is definitely in the all right so so let's okay let's let's slow down let's talk about need for speed i feel like there are Two or three different types oh, of Oh, don't for get speed. me started. Wait, do you have like a need for speed feeling? I do have. Do need you have for a need speed. for speed? <laughs> yes, but it has gone unsated, at least by the series, for, oh, uh, no. for many a year. Okay. Um, 
what, do you think it's fair to say that there are kind of two or three types of Need for Speed? Uh, there are like driving first, like uh, still arcadey, but like um, driving focused Need for Speed games, like ones that are about cars and about like it's car porn and it's driving porn and it's all jacked up and arcadey and and a little you know uh, uh, spectacular, more spectacular than something like Forza, um, or it's more like a Forza Horizon than it is a. A you know it's not like an all a real Forza but it's like a Forza Horizon, uh, and then there is the like story driven Need for Speed the like what if we talked about criminals and about escaping the police, is that a fair division in your mind? Yeah, though even Racing there, versus I would say, loving? Uh, sort of. So, but I mean, are you leaving it there? Because there's there's so many more divisions within that. <laughs> um, like you have your the the pursuit need for speeds right uh which sort of stem from well so cops were always in need for speed uh so the, the original need for speed which i played a lot of was literally was a 3DO just like the title or in a pc title is that what that was i think it was both i remember like the only reason i think i remember it being for 3DO was uh briefly their whole like sales pitch was they were going to be like all new consoles were saying they had the best graphics uh, right, of that time right, right. and need for speed did have for its time like it was like you were driving against uh cd-rom backdrops of country roads right. and yes, at the time okay. it was like incredibly powerful and yeah. evocative and as you're doing these point-to-point races uh there were there would be cops and if you went speeding past them as you always did the cops would pursue you gotcha then need for speed 3 comes along and they're like, man, people loved the cops. And then it became about that becomes just that's having... hot pursuit. That is actually hot pursuit, right? Yeah, Need that's the first hot... of three hot pursuits, I think. Right, and they're not Need for Speed. Oh no, the second one is Hot Pursuit Two, and then again in like 2011 or 2010, they're just Hot, just pursuit, hot pursuit again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're right because there's a third. There is a third type, which is like the underground race scene that isn't explicitly about taking down the cops, but it's about like tuning your Honda Civics at versus like racing Porsches. Like that's, Oh my God, this split. is the second time this series has come back around to fast and furious. I just like, I just well, put two and two third together time, Rob. It's like the fifth time. Like that's the thing, right? Like, yeah. Wasn't, was most wanted the one that had like, um, the, which, which was the one that had the FMV. Uh, was it yeah. underground? No, 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 no. So most we wanted, I think, Thurston was on this the call. next. Most wanted was, I think, the Criterion one that came out. Uh, there mm. was another one that was you were an undercover cop, I think, in New Orleans. Oh, uh, and oh, I want to say there was some speed undercover. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Yes, uh, and there was some breathtaking uh, FMV in that as well. Uh, so yeah, you had that entire like you're an undercover cop, which yeah, now that I think about it, is very uh, vintage, fast and fast and furious. Right, right. Maggie Q, I believe, was in. She that- sure was. Wow. And I don't think Gary Oldman was in it, but a guy who was channeling like Gary Oldman's B-movie performances was definitely right. in it. Like it was some other actor. Jessica I think Jessica Alba's brother was in this. Oh that's, yeah. That's good. Uh David Reese Snell from The Shield. You know, it's it's everybody you need. Anyway, this is definitely leaning in that direction. Um Need for Speed Payback is definitely like, oh man, Fast and the Furious is big. We should do a Fast and the Furious. Uh, but I'm not 100% sure they get it. Um, I So, let me let me give you the basic setup. Uh, 
both in terms of gameplay and story. You play a crew. You play multiple characters. Um, the kind of lead protagonist is this dude named Tyler, who is incredibly white, but also from the barrio, which means that me that's how he says. Sorry, it. he's from where? Uh, the barrio. Uh, okay. He might say barrio. Uh, mm. He's incredibly white. Um, <laughs> he's like, yeah. Uh, uh, he, but he's like the race driver. Like he's like the driver's driver. Do you know what I mean? And then there's Mac who is from uh, England, and he moved to America because this is where dirt racing happens. This is really where the desert race, the mountains and the this drifting, it all happens here in America in the desert, in in their fake, their, like, fake Las Vegas. Uh, and then there's Jess, who is, like, a criminal, like, getaway driver, and she's the professional, and she doesn't take shit from anybody, Rob, especially not you. But, but she kind of... She's actually, like, incredibly tsundere. Like, she is... She like clearly has a heart of gold and loves the team, uh, but awesome. doesn't let it. What's up? Did I say tsundere? And, and now you're like, this, is this game con- anime? No, I'm. No one ever explained to me what tsundere means. That's it. It's just like and I've been it's faking like, it, but like I've never understood what that reference. <laughs> that's means. what it means. It's like it's someone who has it means you're a getaway driver with a. It no means you're a getaway attitude. driver with a heart of gold. No, it means you're like. Um, Fine, I'll pick you guys up, but it's not because I like you or anything. It's like oh, that. you know okay, what I mean. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, but I'm only doing it because I'm a professional. And then like worrying internally, like, oh no, I hope they don't get into trouble. And like that's what it's like. Um, like and... an Integra Helsing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so the uh, that's the basic setup, and, and it opens with them trying to do a do a heist. They're trying to steal this special new hyper electric car from a rich gambler who's kind of holding a, a race, and it all falls apart. Obviously, they're betrayed by by like their four. There's another guy who's like the the mechanic. His name is Rav. Yeah. Um, and then there's a fifth member, and surprise, the fifth member is up to no good, and you can tell she's up to no good literally immediately. Uh, and she screws you all over, and she takes the car, and then it kind of wants to do the Fast and the Furious, like, and then everybody went their separate ways, and you got to bring them back together as like a crew. But like, it only jumps six months. And no one's really in trouble. Like, the main dude has been recruited to be a valet driver and a courier for the rich gambler who held, held the race to begin with. And, like, the the drifting guy from England has started doing, like, celebrity ride-alongs where he'll take social media, like, stars and starlets and, like, do drifting with them. Um, and it's, like, it's not good, but it's not like their lives are ruined from this. No one went to prison, you know? Uh, and... And but there's a chance, like it's time to get back at her. It's trying to, it's time to get payback. And again, like the problem is, like, no one's lives were miserable, like made that bad. I don't really think it's like payback for the principle of it, not because of any material loss. Yeah, this, this isn't like the remake of the Italian Job, where like Edward no. Norton literally killed someone's dad. No, I it's think. like Fast and the Furious, right? Because in Fast yeah. and the Furious, it it also comes back down to like. I can't believe they killed motherfucking. I'm not going to say who died, who I'm still mad about, who I can't believe that they haven't fucking. Oh god, ugh, they, I'm just, so just resurrect that Rob. guy. Like, just you, bring like, him back. God damn it! There's like, a bunch of people who they could bring back, honestly. And I the would Japan is like my Mexico speech alone should have been like <laughs> this right, character now is plot armor. We cannot. Yes, agreed. But we cannot. Oh wait, do we don't want to spoil Tokyo I'm not Drift. Spoiling. I'm not spoiling Tokyo Drift or what follows. I'm not doing it. Um. 
in any case, so with that setup, the the goal is to like commit a number of heists against this group called the House, which it runs illegal street races in fake uh, Las Vegas, uh, and is. Uh, kind of going. Uh, I, I guess they might have some other side deal. Like as I get deeper in, it's like, ooh, what else do they? Uh, are they up to? That's oh, a clever is- like play on Vegas gambling terms, Austin. Because uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but like, there's the saying uh-huh. that you can't beat the house. You can't uh, beat the house. The house in Las Vegas is the casino, uh-huh. and the Correct. odds are forever skewed in their favor. In the, the house's favor, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All of the characters have just really bad, like, um, one word like nicknames it's like tyler is the racer and mac is the showman and the guy you work for is the gambler which is like no he owns a casino he's not a game like he's quite the opposite not, really yeah actually he's the opposite um so, so then what ends up happening is you're in this open world and you kind of go between scripted heist missions which are the big set pieces and the kind of open world races where what you'll need to do is the racing is split into five categories there's like um like racing is one of the categories just like cars that are race cars right uh just like kind of a general catch-all um drifting races off off off-road races getaway like races i forget what those are called those are called like it's not called getaways. It's like low key or like um, runner. They're runner missions. Cause you're you're a runner. That's what Jess is. She's a she's actually a wheelman. Is actually what her title is. Her nickname is the wheelman. Uh, but she is a, a, her races are runner races. Uh, and then there's like uh, drag races. And then that might be it. I think also drift, actual drifting. So there's like That's drifting mean. and also off off road. Anyway, those are split up into different categories because there are different cars in each category, and each category is filled with like um, uh, not only different cars in in those categories, but those cars have different like maximum like output potentials because this is a loot game this is a game in which you do a race and then three cards show up on screen and they're they're face down and you pick one and you flip it over and it's like a uh you know a new engine block that is rank seven instead of rank three uh and it gives you a bonus to your speed or your nitro and if you match three parts so it's like it's engine block it's turbo it's your your ecu Mm -hmm. it's breaks it's you know it's six things it's the sixth part it's exhaust you know the sixth car it's a full it's a full gear set it's a a full (laughs) exactly and if you match brands you get bonuses no three outlaw branded pieces you get a bonus are they Um, real brands no they're fake brands outlaw and like i almost said jinteki but that is a that is a net runner thing chidori is one of them Chidori? I don't think that that's real. Uh, I think that's a Persona character. Um, the and that stuff is like it, the numbers go up. If what you care about in a racing game is the numbers going up, Rob, the numbers go up. Uh, and in that way, it feels like the sequel to the Crew. In a lot of ways, it feels like a sequel to the Crew um, because the Crew was also taking some Fast and Furious inspiration in that it was it was a, a revenge story. With about cars and gangs and crime. Um, and the thing that the crew got very wrong is that it never had Fast and the Furious as spectacle. The, like, heisty missions, the missions that were about doing crime, were just races. There was never anything else going on. Uh, and to its credit, Payback 
has a little bit more. So what happens is you do four or five of those side races, right? Like you open up in the world and you have to like, oh, we need you to infiltrate these two these two other gangs. You're like, get there. I don't know if it's infiltrate or just kind of like build up rep, I guess. So it's like you have to do five races that are off-road races and five races that are just regular racing races um, against these two different gangs who are led by enigmatic leaders. And once you finish both of those, you get the call from the gambler who's like, now it's time to do a real heist mission. And so all the stuff you're doing in those regular races is with the cars that you unlock and upgrade and buy. There are derelicts that you can find in in the open world. Like I spent an I spent like 30 minutes finding all of the parts to put together a, a 65 Mustang. Um, uh, and then like you can upgrade. You can start putting points into it. Putting, Do the derelicts like, all tend to be like American graffiti type like I've only found two so far and no. So one of them okay. was uh one was a Nissan, one was a Nissan, one was a, the Mustang. Um and the other thing there that's interesting but also maybe bad is when you put the derelict together, the derelict can be any of the five types. And so you pick which type you want it to be. So for instance, I got that derelict Mustang and I was like, I really want this to be like my getaway car. And so I made it my getaway car. And the derelicts are like collectibles because they have the highest possible output they can get up to like rank 500 where everything else only goes up to rank 200 or 300 or 400 right the thing that i ran into is so i made that car my runner car um which immediately weirdly unlocked jess as a driver earlier than it would have in main in the main game it makes me curious what would have happened if i'd made it one of the other types that i hadn't had yet um so I make it I make it that, but it's like the lowest possible rank. It's rank 100 out of 500, right? Like you start at 100 and then you start working your way up point by point. Like you get a, a level 7, you know, uh, engine block and you go up from 100 to 107. It literally is just adding up points, right? Uh, and the problem is she had a better runner car already. And so now I spent a ton of in-game currency to try to upgrade this Mustang. I like went broke trying to upgrade the in-game Mustang that I'd gotten, the derelict uh, Mustang, and it's still worse than her default car, and I'm broke now, and the, the main story needs me to buy a, a, uh, a what do you call it, a, a drag racing car mm-hmm. and an actual drifting car. And like, I don't have the money. I have to go grind old things or spend money on loot boxes, which might have... Uh, currency or car or currency or parts in them so one could say you have to gamble one could say there's a lot here that i actually like i I completely got off topic which is um the actual heists so you do those five races for those against those two different gangs you get enough reputation or whatever it's not a reputation meter just like narratively you get the reputation you need and the gambler sends you off in the first heist which is to steal the car that you originally were trying to steal from him and i expected it to be another race and it's a little bit more than that. It's like you have to take out the enemy enforcers who are driving in cars by ramming into them. You have to make sure to like drive up next to the truck. The truck is dropping uh, explosive oil barrels. <laughs> like it is, it is, it has the spectacle, right? Just jumps off the car to like land on the top of the truck. They lean into it, and then like she gets the fast car, and it's very fast. Um, and and so like I'm a little hopeful for where it goes. I just also don't know that the actual driving is especially good, and I'm skeptical of... I'm skeptical... On paper, I love the notion. I found this old Shelby. I found this old Mustang. I'm making it better. 
but I hate that I can only drive that car in those events. I hate that I can't bring that car everywhere and try to win in a different car. Um, it seems like it's going to take a lot of time for me to get the cars I want. And and maybe more importantly, like none of the characters are all that likable. The comedy has been super hit or miss. And those are the things that make Fast and the Furious actually good. Like, I love the ridiculous stunts that are in five, six, and seven. Um, and eight, is eight out? Is eight the most recent one? Yes. Fate, the fate of the Furious. Yeah, okay. Uh, but what I really love is those people and those characters and their history. Um, and you can't just fake it. You can't just jump into this This was a tight crew and now they're broken up and now they're getting back together. You have to show them as a tight crew first and it just doesn't do that. Yeah, I... I was pretty sure this was not going to be my type of Need for Speed, uh, to be honest. Like, it's definitely a a series that has kind of moved away from me, mm-hmm. uh, in part because I think as they started moving in more of this um, open world direction, right? All Which the this cars is. This is like a feel... big open world. Like there are five kind of subsections of like open world around a core fake Las Vegas city center. So it's kind of like. Like the mountains, the desert, the jungle, not the jungle, but like a kind of more forested area, the suburbs, and then the city. Um, so it is definitely in that open world, burnout paradise but not anywhere near as well designed or memorable, you know? I don't, did, were you a, a burnout paradise person? I was. Uh, and Do you I, remember like the turn near where the big windmills are? Yes. Yeah, and like this doesn't have that. Do you know what I mean? Well, that, that's the other thing is like, the desert can have like a, a strange beauty and there's like astonishing stuff out there. But I think like, like Brown paradise had this weird, um, you know, you were in this microcosm, uh, like a uh, biome, I guess the way you call it, right? Like, you know, you could drive out into like rolling countryside and then into like industrial decay and like a glamorous coastline. Uh, and I, I did kind of wonder if, if, the deserts around fake Vegas would start to blur together a little bit. They do. Um, it's like, oh, well, this is the one that has the dilapidated airfield. This is the one that has some hills and mountains and like an, uh, you know, uh, a resort or whatever. But like none of it is cartoonish <clears throat> in the way that Burnout Paradise is, which means it doesn't loan itself to being as memorable. But honestly, none of it's as cartoonish as Fast and the Furious is either. <laughs> um that's a world that has that only paints in the broadest brushes um and that is part of why it's so memorable my hope is as the game continues and as you do more of these like main story missions you will there will be these big moments with places in the, on the map that will help me remember them and, and think about them fondly um though also part of the problem with the main missions i've had so far is that you don't use your main cars in them. You just use, they give you cars in each one that I've done so far. It's like, here is the set car for this mission. And that seems to just run directly in the opposite direction of, I'm fixing up these cars. I'm turning this old, this old, you know, um, Buick, which is like one of my, the starting cars you can pick from. I'm picking, I'm making this old Buick, like a dope racer is not a thing that then plays into those big missions, which is just kind of also well, a weird disconnect. And related to that, like if you're going to make improving your car that uh, you know, integral to the 
to the game, you need a driving model that at least lets you sort of feel or at least imagine that you feel like a significant difference from some of these upgrades going in yes. and like yes. a difference from model to model. And I think going back, you know, ages, uh, Need for Speed games started to feel like everything was very interchangeable. Um, you know, they, their driving model became a lot more arcadey in the way that there's there's good ways to do arcade handling. It's it's you know just cars have like distinctive traits, but everything is a little mm-hmm. bit exaggerated, and you're also mm-hmm. just a little more assisted in pulling off like rad maneuvers. Right. Uh, but what ended up happening over the course of the series, I felt, was just all the handling became at once too like responsive, but then also like way too prone to just constantly breaking away from you, so you could like put it into. Uh, you know, a drift and things like right, that. And right. every car has that trait. And after a certain point, it's like, well, this game is just like, you talk about those, like, what is it, the 15 minutes of fun or th- right. th- that, that, that right. loop? It feels like a lot of the open world Need for Speeds have, you just repeat the same yep. 15, 20 minutes of gameplay. And then you change cars and you do it all again in a different skin, but you've seen it. You saw it in the first 20 minutes. Right. Well, so the thing that it feels like, to its credit, I will say that the five car type, well, so far I've tried three of the car types. I've tried runner, I've tried off-road, and I've tried just racing or whatever, and those three feel fairly distinct, uh, with runner feeling the least distinct because it's basically just the car you ram police cars with as you try to get away from them. Also, this is a world where no one has guns, right? Like, no crime that we've seen yet has been, like, no one's doing crime outside of car crime, and that's part of the strangeness of, of what's going on. Well, to be fair, world, right? that's a huge part of Fast and Furious. Like, the first movie is it's like, changed, there's though. this gang of criminals. Yes, 100%. <laughs> They're like, 100%. Are, they, are they stealing TVs out of moving They're trucks? DVD, Was that players, the... from D- DVD yeah. players, thank you. I just, I just rewatched it last year. Um, but, like, by the time you get to the, the um, what's his face? The transporter. Uh, Jason Statham film, like uh, uh, Fast and the Furious ones, that dude just is a killer. He just kills people. <laughs> um, and that raises the stakes and turns it into a, a proper action movie. But even when you go back to the first Fast and the Furious, like there's gestures towards violence and towards other sorts of crime that aren't just car crime. Like it's still like, you know, the, the backstory with Dom's dad is about violence. And I'm not saying that every game needs to be hyper violent, but like I need to understand what the house does so that I know if they're bad guys or if they're just like running illegal races. And I'm sure I'll get there, but it's just like, it's very funny to think about how deep into this world you are before. Like no one has pulled a gun on, on me as I've crashed into 30 cop cars. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost utopian. It's almost, it's almost utopian to think this is a world in which the police are so, uh, uh, careful with their gun use that even after a person has taken their their perfectly tuned Mustang and and flipped over two dozen cop cars, they will not. And and even after they've crashed and have like gone into a full stop and and for all by all means they should be uh a perfect uh, like an open target. Nothing, nothing. They just wait and they leave the sirens on and they wait for your your countdown clock to tick down because also that's a weird thing. Um. You don't, like, every race still has a timer, even when it's just, like, escape the police. It's like, escape the police. But really what we mean is this is a checkpoint race. You have two minutes to get to the to the finish line. 
Um, it's weird. But but the thing I was going to say is that like the off road races do feel different and the cars do feel different than the racing or the runner ones. And I'm hoping that that's also true for the drag racing cars and the racers and the, the drifting cars. My hope is that those really do feel different because even if inside of those like car classes it feels like the same 15 minutes over and over again at least i'll be able to pivot to a different class and and stay fresh um one small thing and then i'll move on is that i love is this notion of side bets that you can take uh every race starts with someone being like not someone but like a prompt on the screen saying hey uh uh what if you you had to what if you put, give me 700 bucks you're like, bah, 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 bah. you lose $700, uh, but I'll give you back four grand or 2500 if you hit 10 objects on the side of the road during this race, or if you can stay in the lead for 60 seconds, or if you can make a jump of 127 feet or more. Um, and that's really cool because each race then adds this like secondary objective where normally it's like, I'm just going to win. Like, I'm just going to win these races. I'm, I'm leveled up enough to do that now. Uh, like, that shouldn't be a problem, but... If I'm so committed on like making sure I get 500 yards worth of drifting that I'm going to like be a little more loose in the wheel uh, to make this side bet, then then it adds, just a, it adds like a little bit of extra risk. And I've, I've actually really enjoyed that that feature. Uh, I'm going to try to stream this game tomorrow morning so I can show it off a little bit. Definitely worth looking at. Uh, and I think unlike you, I'd always hoped it would be mine because like my type of need for speed or my type of racing game in general, because... I'm definitely a a Burnout Paradise, a a Forza Horizon, a you know open world racing is the type of racing that I enjoy. Um, I'm I'm I have always bounced off of more traditional racing games outside of a few real major exceptions. Um, so I don't know. I'm going to stick with it and, and see how it is. Let me know if like you hit any really great set pieces. I am curious if that mission structure goes anywhere or if it's going to be variations on like smash the car until the scripted event happens. That's my fear. Uh, Let's take a quick break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How are you doing? What are you up to? What, are you, what have you been playing? Uh, yeah, so I have been playing XCOM War of the Chosen. I finally gotten around to, to playing that. Uh, a little bit. I did not like XCOM two. Oh really? Um, like, yeah. Like full stop. Yeah. Didn't didn't think it was very good. Um, and part of that was I probably way overestimated my ability at playing XCOM two, and was just getting wrecked right and left uh, trying to do Iron Man runs. Mm-hmm. Like even on easier difficulties, it was just. Um, so many like you'd have these chain reaction failures right of like the sniper gets mind controlled aces two of your squad mates and it's like well you know just gotta just gotta wear that um the other thing i really didn't like 
was that I just didn't feel the campaign had any kind of interesting structure to it at all. Right. Uh, it didn't feel like an insurgency. I thought it was absolutely nuts that the primary way you interacted with the game was via a geographic map, and it was effectively a game without, without geography. Uh, yeah, it, like was it a, never felt like... So for people who haven't played... A lot of people, I think, probably played the first XCOM, and yeah. not the second one. And I don't think we talked at length about it the way we probably should have. Um, you just, you're kind of a floating helicarrier. Uh, your base is this giant, like, captured alien ship that you're building out. And you can just kind of fly it from place to place, and nothing ever feels... Like, the original XCOM gives you such a... Not the original, but the, the 2000... 10 11 xcom yeah. uh gives you such a feeling of like placeness when it comes to like not individual placeness not like this is japan but i know in japan uh the terror level in japan is too high whereas in xcom 2 i just like never felt that even when i was like focused on a specific part of the world map i never like it never they never felt distinct in any meaningful way yeah and the other thing is the game unfolds via a series of countdown timers uh, that like, so you fly your helicarrier somewhere, you park it, you hit the scan button, and then you just sit and you watch this thing spin until whatever event you're trying to trigger triggers. Right. Uh, and you'll have multiple of these timers firing concurrently. And so the entire game had this like really herky jerky structure. It was stop start commander. There's another message for you. <laughs> it was like inbox hell. Uh, yes. was was yep. how that game felt. And there wasn't really a payoff for it. I didn't think like as cool as their efforts to make it a little more narrative to to give you the sense of like, hey, we're getting the band back together and we're really taking it to these aliens. It never. Because of that structure, it never really felt like it was organically building toward anything. Right. Uh, it just felt like I could only th – there was a clear, like, timeline and progression that, like, the game was going to unfold according to, and it was hidden. But you absolutely had to, like, hit the checkpoints. Right. Uh, otherwise, you were hosed. How do you think War of the Chosen has addressed that stuff? Um, in some ways, in, in, like, there's some things it doesn't address at all. Uh, you know, that, that structure that I just outlined is fundamentally unchanged, mm -hmm. but there's more interesting stuff happening within it. And I think the thing that they've done that really adds a little more variety and a lot more tension to the game, uh, although it makes Iron Man, I think, even more impossible and daunting than it was before yeah, for I, me. Yeah, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, uh, they introduced these special, like, hero units for the uh for the advent those are your alien adversaries the chosen and they're these three like super villain archetypes uh that have a chance of popping up during missions and have special abilities that make them especially deadly in different ways they have their own weaknesses right. uh, there are certain well, things you need to note about them but those strengths and weaknesses are are pulled from a hat right it's it's like very nemesis system light did, I don't know if you knew that. I did not because I thought because yeah. the because boy no the my ability to read narrative consistency and everything I guess is <laughs> is unmatched because like I was like oh yeah of course it makes sense that the uh, assassin would be weak against the reapers assassins themselves. Right. <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty sure now I'm just double checking because maybe I'm just a liar. Maybe I remember see I remember reading that and now I'm like oh maybe I'm just totally wrong. Maybe that is. 
No, weaknesses are are procedurally generated. They are. That's 100%. really cool. Because um, mine was for the assassin. So the three archetypes for these these like superhero or supervillain chosen uh, characters are like the assassin who is uh, who goes into stealth. The uh, like I forget what the what's the the magic one the warlock. Um, yeah. And then the hunter, who is like, I was confused. The hunter and the, so and the, I think the hunter the problem, is the sniper. Hunter yeah. is a sniper. The assassin is like closer range, goes in and out of. The stuff. problem that they have is they all feel like assassins uh, yeah, because totally. they're all elusive as hell. Because like the yes. main thing is they have a ton of action points and they can basically like appear kick your ass and then run away and you have to chase them if you want to bring them down and you really have to chase them because if you let them just run around they will whittle your squad down like it's very predator it's like it's like you're playing XCOM and the predator is in the comparison yes a hundred percent well even their visual design yeah totally they all have like they're all aliens with dreadlocks like they really truly are um and like laser cannons right yeah um and and like blade like curved blades uh so the one that i had my first assassin encounter she had um two really rough things one the things she was weak to were whatever the the kind of reformed aliens called yeah yeah the skirmishers the the skirmishers the skirmishers uh so the we'll get to that in a second probably right um but the they're kind of weak to a to a sub faction that you can recruit from called the skirmishers uh and that dude is like pretty close range and and when i got into my final like the the combat encounter with her he had one health left so i was like well he's never gonna be i'm never putting him anywhere near her two she had a bonus and the bonuses are also procedurally generated and so these are things that are like um uh or maybe not the assassin actually always starts with this one which is shadow step which is you cannot um they don't get uh that's maybe maybe it was a different one i'm reading it i'm like wait is this right no she had a thing that was like oh she just completely ignores overwatch mode yeah no like, she always does then i think that okay. is consistent okay or so maybe there, it's it is, proc twice yeah who, yeah who knows there there are strengths and weaknesses are proc gen it is like a light nemesis system in that regard it's also a light nemesis system in the regard that like they have cultural memory not cultural they have individual memory they they will remember how you beat them before and adapt to address it they will call back to things that you've done in the past um and they kind of they'll do things like kidnap your people <coughs> which happened to me the first time she was around this is another good addition is that you have this like idea of rescue missions yes uh and it's not they are not like scripted events i think like you can like okay so the thing about these characters is they generally don't kill your troops outright uh what they do is they incapacitate them and for and the odds are good now you'll have to leave them behind right um and so the thing that you have happening with with these missions is that like you'll be lucky to escape, but maybe somebody was left behind, and then you got to devote resources and time to like finding where that person is being kept, and then you have a prison break mission. Yeah. I guess that's the other thing that I'm really liking about War of the Chosen. It feels like they're doing a lot more with the stealth versus revealed uh, yes, status than they 100%. were in the first. The prison breaks are so especially that too. Oh, because it's just so like again, I've only done one or two of those at this point. I, I haven't gone back to this in probably two months now. Um, but the first time I did it, it was just like slow, careful move through. Like I split up into like three sub teams, 
put them like kind of kind of spread them through this prison facility got them deep in without being seen one of the the new subclasses that you can have or or i mean we gestured towards them already there are these three factions you can recruit from that are insurgent factions that are already existent insurgent uh, insurgent factions in the world and you can kind of get higher reputation with them and then they'll give you troops and the technology and stuff like that and one of them is built for stealth where uh, members of that group can drop can can shoot and remain in stealth unlike everybody else it's not like they go loud and that's it or even once things are loud they can dip back into stealth with some of their higher level abilities um and like breaking in and it's like all right it's time to pull the fucking trigger it's time to go loud feels so good yeah and like in the, the in the in the launch game it really did feel like Okay, you were stealth, then you encountered the thing you were there to do, and then the fight started. And really, it could only work one way. And that was, like, you broke stealth, and then the mission was just going to be way harder. And it was just, like, yes. kind of a one-way street. It was kind of punishing. Yes. Now, it very much feels like you're making that decision to if – you, if you can avoid detection, your first turn or two of battle isn't a fight. It's a murder. Yes, um, totally. And so you'll have these great moments of, like – You'll have two groups because enemies like will cluster on patrol routes. And occasionally you'll have like a super cluster where you yeah. have like there's two separate patrols of like three and four aliens. But for this turn or so, for some reason, they're all in the same area. Which they which, never do once things are fighting, like once you're actually in open combat, because they're too smart for that, because yep. explosives are too dangerous. They're smarter than I am. Uh, yeah, they, like too. They, they always stay out of grenade. They're never, <laughs> like, it is very rare you find two enemies within yes. the span of one grenade's uh, blast radius. Uh, but, like, there was this one battle that was going to be really lopsided if uh, we didn't handle this right. And then the two groups were all clustered together, and I had a heavy with a flashbang. And uh, so the first turn, like seven enemies were disoriented, and oh, so good, yeah. And so like they're they're blinded, they're running around. All my soldiers are in reaction fire. So the first turn, just like bodies are dropping right and left, and they still can't hit shit. So like I've got uh, my heavy just walking up and like putting shotguns into faces and like taking people down. It's great. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's just there are just some this game is just much better at generating certain dramatic moments. And I'm just gonna, I want to tell you a little story. Please. It was uh, my first Advent Black Sight mission. So the overarching plot element is there's this Project Avatar. When it's revealed, you lose the game. When if they're allowed to complete it, you lose. You go to secret facilities and you basically like blow them up, sabotage the project. You buy yourself more time. The first of these missions, uh, it's a stealth mission, and oh, quick shout out here: the the procedural generation on all these a lot of these maps is incredible. This one might have been yeah. scripted, but in general, the battle spaces they are giving you to play with in War of the Chosen feel lifelike. They feel yeah. distinctive. Uh, they, they like really, they feel like they're handcrafted, but they're not. Uh, so it's, I, there are these like I really love some of the cityscapes, especially yes. Um, because one of the other new, like, first of all, we, a thing we should just say about War of the Chosen is that it feels 
so comprehensive of an update. It feels like XCOM 2.5. It really, really does. Um, and one of the other new features is that there are these zombie characters, zombie, like a third Shit, neutral zombie those. faction. Right, exactly. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Because, like, they roll those out in the same mission that they first roll out the Chosen in. Uh, and the sub-factions, like, that mission is just like, hey, this is a new game. There's all this new stuff. Um, and those zombies are cool because they, I think I've talked about this in the podcast before, but when you kill one, if you successfully get the hit, it doesn't cost your action, so you can kind of chain together these kills. But you fight those in these big abandoned um, uh, urban environments, and and XCOM Two already had urban environments that were like where the cho- or where the aliens had kind of taken over. It's kind of like cyberpunk or like a kind of oppressive sci-fi like uh, uh, mega cities. But these are these like the moment everything went bad. You know, the the dinner is still on the plate. Uh, you know, in the in the apartment, and like moving through the downstairs, go, moving through the department store, and then yeah. climbing the fire escape, and going down the long hallway past the 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 locked apartment building uh, or the locked apartments or whatever. Um, that stuff is all so evocative, and it gets out what you said before. I mean, all of these things do, which is XM Two War of the Chosen does make you feel like you're fighting an insurgents war and not just uh, like a stand up gunfight. Um, Can, and I that's this, so much better. So tell I me the story. Sorry. And just quick thing, yeah, the the levels feel so much more lifelike. It feels like there's a lot of new like textures and items uh, in the world, not just in the cityscapes, but like yeah. refugee camps seem better realized. Yes, I had this yes, amazing gun totally. battle trying to protect these refugees during a, a retaliation mission uh, where I had to rush to a church where refugees were just being massacred by Advent. And like we burst in through a wall that's been blown open and like start – basically like brawling in the pews it was incredible <laughs> that's so uh, good my first refugee this is the thing that's so good about this game is i can tell you yeah months later what my first refugee mission was like and the thing that was amazing about it they fucking kicked ass rob they did not miss a shot they were like ready they to were go. so they had, brave i i'm like still impressed like i wish i could have just recruited right from those refugees and been like you know what hop on this helicarrier you don't need this refugee camp anymore you're all <laughs> you're all gonna live with me <laughs> all right smith put this armor on you're with XCOM now like it was such a cool mission Ugh. okay anyway you had a bigger story i think you were going to explain yeah uh so it's this this first mission where we got to break into the advent facility and get the who's a MacGuffin. right of course and it's pretty extensive like there are a lot of places where it feels like is this is this where i break stealth like is this and I was really aggressive about trying to avoid that first shot because, like, it's a big facility. There's a lot of dudes around it. Um, The moment the fight started, it was going to snowball really, really quickly. So, uh, like, get everyone into place. Uh, Basically, we've gone all the way around the level. We are actually approaching the objective from behind uh, by approaching it through, like, this motor pool. And uh, so... The fight starts off with um, a really cool move. My Reaper character, uh, in addition to being like super stealthy and having the ability to go back into stealth, uh, she also has this thing called Remote Start, uh, which right, allows her to yes. blow up environmental objects. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the way this fight starts is, um, so like a bunch of characters in Overwatch. I take a 100% sniper shot with somebody else. It, it kills somebody. You get the whole animation. Everyone's like scattering for cover. Uh, and this giant mech like moves over by this like power generator. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is Christmas morning. Uh, and the remote start, like, just blows the shit out of it. Uh, you know, clean house. And then immediately after, uh, like, we've wiped out this first wave, but immediately after, the um, the assassin shows up. And I'm like, well, we're off to a pretty good start here. This is <laughs> This is going pretty well. And then the guards are showing up. And then the assassin is starting to phase in, phase out. And it's just like cutting people down. Uh, and I can't react because these guards are still all around. They're in Overwatch. So if I go chasing after the assassin, uh, they're going to start like yep. scoring shots. Yep. But in the meantime, I've got people disoriented, stunned. I've got a bunch of people hiding in, in a um, Overwatch position. I've accidentally lined them up. Turns out the assassin has this like wave ability that she sends like a disorientation oh. wave. Uh, through down that like row and like disorients everybody uh and so it turns it gets real bad real fast i've got one uh specialist who has the ability to remove negative status effects and so she is just frantically trying to like get <laughs> the squad back oh yeah oh, it's it so is good. it is amazing it's all going wrong and like the great the other thing this game really forces you to do there's no more saving resources for a rainy day. If you got it, you use it. You use I do not it. fight battles. I do not finish battles with a grenade left. No, like, totally. Take that cover down. Take the shots. Do whatever yep. you need to do. Ceilings are falling in. Oh, yeah. This is a three-story building, by the way. So <laughs> uh, grenades are firing off everywhere. Supports are getting blown out. Building is burning. Uh, ceiling panels are starting to cave in. Uh, it's it's just incredible. And then at one point, the uh, assassin, I see where she goes. She ducks in this little guard shack to hide. And I've got a bunch of characters in position, but she's like in invincible cut. Like we can't even get line of sight on her. Oh, Have shit. one grenade left. Yes. Blew the walls down. Suddenly she is completely exposed and has the uh, high, high to hit percentage uh, from like four different angles. Right. And she just gets ruined. Nice. Uh, but the great thing is, then we get the MacGuffin, and you need to go to the extraction zone. And one of my characters is down for the count. Fuck. And so what ends up happening is I race my healthy squad members to the extraction zone, because no sooner has that popped than a flare comes down and that's where advent reinforcements are going to be right. landing. Which is also a great thing just in general in XCOM 2. Yes. Uh, one of the things I love is, one of the things I like in video games, one of the things I love in tactical uh, RPGs and, and in tactics games and in strategy games, anything that is like uh, I have troops on a field um, is soft timers. Um, I really don't, this is the thing I discovered via Invisible Ink that I loved. Um, in an early versions of uh, Invisible Ink, I think back when it was still incognita, there were um, really harsh penalties for being spotted and being on, like being, you know, not, not getting away from the floor, not leaving the floor and going to a different floor of the like big corporate building that you were in, uh, infiltrating. Uh, and that's still true in Invisible Ink now, but at the time, the thing that, like, they were so fierce about deploying new reinforcements that you could try to hold your own and force your way, like, like have the gunfight and get through that way, but, uh, it would force you to be even more clever. And the re- the reinforcement system in XCOM 2 is very similar. It's not like, you know, for most missions anyway, it's not like, oh, you, you spent 12 turns, there was a 12-turn limit, you lose. It's more like 
when you hit turn 12 or when the whenever like not the wanted meter but the whatever the the thing is yeah like hits a certain point they start bringing in more people and like that's not a hard failure you know it's not even like necessarily that you're going to lose anything except it means you're going to have to be a little bit more clever it's going to you're going to have to be a little bit more uh, uh you're going to have to spend your resources sm- more smartly because having an extra three grunt troops like they're not special they're not even great troops but it's three more guns pointed at you um and they do the so smart thing of the like the flares landing on the ground right like to mark where they're gonna come in and it's again it's so evocative like i i it's evocative is a term i think i probably overuse um but but the heart of the term is so important to me in video games the the thing that a game can do when with very little it can make your hands your hair stand on end or it can it can make you understand the gravity of a moment in just the blink of an eye is the equivalent in gaming for me of a well composed shot in a film or the the you know the the rising of a of an orchestral crescendo of just like ah shit like here we are and seeing those little it's like and then like an outline appears on the ground where in in i know the second i hit end turn there are going to be three more fucking alien soldiers ready to kill me it's so 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 good at communicating that they're coming for you and that they won't stop um Anyway, yeah. again, I, so, I hijacked this no, again. So that happens. For so you. the red flare drops and it's basically on top of my LZ. Fuck. Like reinforcements are going to be landing on my on my extraction zone, basically. And I have and you're carrying a guy at this point. Yeah, four soldiers. Yeah. No, no grenades left. Uh, and the, and guy, per, the person carrying the person can't fight. use their main weapon at. Can they drop him and fight and like drop him and use they a, can, use a pistol I, or something? They, they can, uh, but I like. I'm not sure that's a free action. Like, right, you know what right. I mean? Like, I don't think I, it is either. Yeah. I think you're like, I think if you put them down, you're going to have to spend the next turn picking them back up as an action. Uh, so I race everyone out to where the advent landing zone is going to be and like set up everyone in overwatch positions and like right. lagging far behind is uh a spe- is a specialist now with no heal heal kits left uh and she is carrying our assault trooper uh in a, in a fireman carry and these waves of advent troops keep stepping off their chopper right. and the first wave is like easy right like three guys come down they're in overwatch crossfire they just get blown to shit but one gets through and he's wounded but he's there right. and then the next turn more dudes drop and it's a more serious squad. Like they have a, uh, they have a priest with them and he is dangerous in his own right, but can also provide like hero buffs to enemy troopers. So like if this guy gets going, things start to snowball fast and it's just this amazing, like you've got my specialist like racing toward the LZ and my soldiers are fighting this like, losing battle like the cover is being right. destroyed by gunfire right. like their positioning is starting to fail uh people are running out of ammunition like it's you you have to take an action to reload to reload yeah and that means like you can either shoot or move and if you're a sniper uh you actually can't use your main weapon if you if you don't have 
if you don't have both your actions. Right. Uh, so things are getting desperate. Like, you know, people are, you know, hanging out in open covers. They can reload. And, like, you're staking everything on that, like, 72% shot. Uh, you know, my sniper is, like, stepping out of cover and using her fast hands ability to, like, get off a free pistol shot action and, like, executing people. And it is just incredible. Like, you know, I'm imagining it like, you know, Mark Knopfler's Brothers in Arms is starting to play, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, somebody rushes into the LZ, drops the wounded trooper, and it's like, all right, everybody go. And then I have to, like, God. disengage from this entire shit show. And, like, one person, we have to, like, can't make it in one turn, so we have to, like, do this collapsing withdrawal to get her out. Right. And it was just like managed to escape with everybody. Everyone right. finished that battle Hard gravely fought. wounded. Yes, of course. But of course. it was like everything happened in that mission. Like every single thing that could have happened basically did. Yeah. And I was like, this was this is this is an incredible like narrative event in my story that was largely driven by the systems they introduced yep. with this expansion. Yep. Oh, and and those systems are just like they're building on like oh, it's one of those rare things where I am with you that I kind of bounce off of the first of XCOM two when it first came out. Um, what this revealed was that the core combat simulation in that game was fine. That the the structure around it didn't have enough. There weren't enough hooks. There weren't enough, you know, uh, uh, really clever things. There weren't enough. Um, there weren't there wasn't enough of the world in the structure around yeah. doing a collapsing withdrawal you know what i mean yes. um and it's so nice that they figured out how to build something around it that underscored what was already kind of hidden inside of that that core loop um and 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 like lifted it up to kind of communicate that that big theme the theme of being uh, an insurgent, you know, an, a group of insurgents fighting against an oppressive regime. Um, it's so much better, you know, it's so much better realized in War of the Chosen now. I think partially that also goes to just, like, flavor. I think that the three, I, again, I've only met two of the of the new factions, of the the kind of sub-factions, the, the, the other insurgent groups. But and this is a small thing. The fact that there are the skirmishers who are advent soldiers who are like the half human half alien hybrids who are resisting means so much to me in my own version of the storytelling in this game um i've always had a weird thing with xcom which is like it can be so easy to fall into like the warhammer 40k fuck all xenos thing like the only good xeno is a dead xeno uh all you know all glory to the human empire and the the you know the god emperor um and like that's always been such a careful line between role playing sci-fi fascism and like wanting to play a really good sci-fi tactical video game that it's always been like I'll play this game cuz it's really good but I really wish there was some I wish some of the background lore made its way into the gameplay a little bit more where like the the basic fiction of of XCOM is that the the intergalactic empire you're fighting is bad and has enslaved a bunch of the other races that you fight like a bunch of their their units are like genetically modified versions of cultures that they have smashed and uh kind of assimilated right they're they're almost borgish in that way um and it's so cool and it it, it helps me somehow to just have this group of skirmishers who are like no 
we don't, we're not cool with this and we're going to fight back. And being able to work alongside non-human characters is like it, it completely sates that that like weirdness for me um and also they have like a scorpion hook and they can like they have a grapple hook up to high places or or like uh uh do the scorpion get over here on an enemy to bring them up close and then do like a predator uh claw uppercut it's great they're really fucking good yeah i actually i liked that a lot it reminded me a lot of um falling skies if you ever watched that show any uh a where little bit, it's a little bit yeah, the, the show turns kind of good, and then I gather turns kind of bad, uh, and is maybe never great. But one of the yeah, it's it's got this cool structure of basically like there's all these alien enemies in the first season uh, that you think those are the aliens who just took over, and then somebody points out like it's kind of weird that the aliens built robots that don't look anything like them, right? right? Like right, right, right. it's kind of yes. weird that like these insectoid aliens built bipedal robots. That have, right. like, really long, lanky frames. Mm-hmm. Weird, huh? And then at the end of the <laughs> season, it's revealed that, like, oh, yeah, there's this, like, uh, you know, race that is enslaving. And, again, like, modifying the people right. uh, that they right. that they enslave. And it is cool to see, like, the skirmishers basically being, like, oh, yeah, this was done to us involuntarily. We were forced to become war criminals. We right. are now aware of that. And we're going to get payback. Yes, Totally. Totally. I really like it a lot. Um, this is going to make me... I'm going to play some of this game tonight, Rob. Thank you. Yeah, you should. You should. It's uh, uh, it's it, it's a much more complete XCOM 2. Yes, totally. I'm, I'm, I'm excited now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Well, what I'm going to do, actually, is first, I'm going to finish another game that I've been playing. And I'm going to hit this pretty quick because we're running late already. Um, I... Uh, last... Okay, so... I grew up liking football a whole bunch. I played football until, like eighth grade or something right like like peewee and then whatever you got out when you got out when the getting out was good i got out before, I, I i start i started in high school yeah see, i got out before i got i got to high school and was like i could play football no <laughs> my graduation no? from football was uh knee surgery so see, this is yeah. that, that happened to you it happened to my friend art like i'm so glad i got out when i did um but i still liked football i was still like you know I, every sunday i'd go to my dad's house and we'd watch the games or like obviously big super bowl stuff like i followed the eagles i've been to a, a billion eagles games um and so this year it turns out the uh, at some point i fell off right at some point yeah. my concerns around uh concussions around um you know lasting brain damage around the politics of the league around so many things got to the point where i was having a hard time watching football regularly i would still watch it for the super bowl i would still watch it if i was at a friend's house and like i i wasn't walking around judging people who were still watching it um we do a lot of things i eat meat i've said this before like i don't think i have an ethical argument for eating meat uh i am not good enough as a person right now to stop eating meat um and so I'm not going to judge someone who watches football, you know. Uh, I'll probably eat meat tonight. I'll probably get something with meat in it tonight. Hang on, can I get uh, a football just just a quick second here? It's yeah, not yeah, a quick sure. second. I'm lying. But, uh-huh. okay, so, like, yeah, I started to have the same problems with football. And actually, the whole, like, te- uh, the Texans owner being, like, can't have the inmates running the uh, yeah, running the, running the prison. I would, yeah. Like, that may have been, like, I've not watched a game since that point because I was, like, you know, fuck these white supremacist billionaires. Yep. Uh, yep. Like, they I might actually suck, be unable to continue this, but we'll see. Yes. But, so that's where I was, too. 
And then the Eagles are having an incredible fucking year. Wentz is having an incredible year as quarterback. New talent is hitting the field. And like all my Twitter is on Sundays is seeing the fly Eagles fly hashtag to like seven and one or something. Um, They haven't been this good since like early Andy Reid McNabb era. Um, And I was like, I should boot up Madden. I should take a look at that story mode because I had seen a little bit of that at E3. Thought it was interesting, but didn't ever get around to playing it. And so I spent, I was up until very late last night playing the Madden story mode, filled with like a weird anxiety just generally because it's been a weird anxiety inducing year. But even even with the way, it's so weird. So, oh my, it's just such a weird story mode. Um, It's, it alternates between truly touching and kind of offensive. Um, so it's called long shot, uh, and it is a single player story mode, um, sort of, I guess, like what you would find in the NBA 2K series, uh, sort of like, I mean, more closely like the, the stuff that was in FIFA last year and yeah. this year, though I've played nine. Alex I just, Hunter, the Alex Hunter stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in this, you play a guy named, uh, Devin Wade, who is a, I mean, I'll, I, you know, it starts with you as a little kid, right? You and your best friend, Colton. Colt, uh, Colt Cruz, aka the Cruise Missile, uh, playing football, or, or, or you know, playing football the way children play football with their parents in the front yard, right? Uh, the the dad is is kind of playing all around defense and kind of protecting the pass while you play the quarterback and you throw the ball to your friend, um, and it's shot like it's shot like a Terrence Malick film, right? Oh like my god, dude! It's it. I think it's ugly. Like I think that the 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 models are i think this is a team that has never made a world before and has always just made football stadiums but how's the lighting bad bad Damn but it. the composition is fantastic like grass behind a barbed wire fence and then like people playing football like the the uh the lead character being lifted up by his father uh and you know my boy and throw it up in the air and like i'm so proud of you you know like that stuff works so 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 well um and the basic pitch on the game is actually like the premise is so strong you go from that to seeing kind of a, a, a cut it opens up with like 20 minutes of cutscene that you're very minimal interaction and the basic premise is like you're this incredible player who goes on to college and in your freshman year is a starting quarterback at UT and then just falls the fuck apart because your father dies in a car crash and you're an orphan and you're just depressed and your dad was the only person you trusted to really take care of you. Um, and then you you disappear for a few years and now you're back and you're going to the regional combine with your buddy Colton um, and like are basically going to this combine and while you're there you're scouted not by a team but by uh, a tv producer who wants to launch a show called long shot in which they basically pick a person who then they they track as they train to be drafted in the next year you know one of these long shots who who is someone who like you know, didn't get drafted coming out of college or got drafted, then dropped out of the, you know, didn't, didn't stick around or, you know, what was cut from, from a team and is now trying to come back in or whatever. Um, and so the, the basic story is like the, a lot of, a lot of the stress around being around TV crews and not being media trained, uh, the depression about your dad, the, like the kind of tense relationship with your best friend who is rooting for you, but also is sick of your kind of, 
self-doubting bullshit because like you're really talented but also uh you're really talented and also kind of selfish but but in a way that's like kind of hard to pin down um and there's some really strong moments and also it like falls into one of the most pernicious stereotypes in football that i've written about before like when i wrote about um when i wrote about race and animal crossing like four years ago i spent a lot of time writing about randall cunningham who was like my idol growing up as a football player even though i played defense and he was an offensive player obviously he was the quarterback for the for the eagles uh in the in the the late 80s early 90s um and uh cunningham was always framed and not just cunningham a lot of black quarterbacks mm-hmm. um warren moon like so many black quarterbacks i mean for years there were not black quarterbacks because the theory was to be a quarterback means you have to be intelligent not not athletic smart you have to be a team leader you have to understand formations you have to understand play calling you have to read the field um quarterbacks are management quarterbacks are management exactly exactly running backs are labor wide receivers are he's so fast all he has to do is run that route rob and then he can catch the ball and run it in for a touchdown um and that is like that was the divide and so so people like randall cunningham and warren moon i mean you you can even go back to uh you know non-quarterbacks with regard to this you know if you watch some of the what was the the O.J. Simpson documentary series two years oh, ago? Oh, Made in America. Made in America even gets into O.J. as managing his blackness um, nationally. Oh yeah, God yeah, uh, completely right. Like in terms of trying, he's not black. He's O.J. Right. Like that is is like an almost classic line at this point. Um, and and partially that is about trying to dodge the stereotype. Um, and this game just falls right into it, Rob, in the worst fucking way. Like. It sets you up as being on paper. All right. So the, one of the main conflicts in the second half of the game is that you just can't get your head around around formations. You just and what's an eye formation? I don't under what's a. I've never read a play. Oh, in my, I've never shit. caught a play in my life. Yeah. To the point, Rob, and I'm going to spoil a minor thing here, which is like there was a point where your white best friend is like, well, you know, down in Tennessee, what they did with Cam Newton or Carolina, Carolina, where's Cam at? Um, uh, yeah, he's in Carolina. Carolina uh you know they they just they simplified the play calling for him they made it so he didn't have to learn all this complicated stuff and like there was literally a montage of your white coach and your white best friend dumbing down football for you um they blindside you it's yes it's fucking bad man it's like and it doesn't work because the story is that you were this incredible high school quarterback who moves into and moves into college and like they kind of say like oh well when i was in college they just showed me a symbol on the sidelines and said like do this play and i didn't know how to read the defense no one ever taught me but like he's not uh, like he's not presented as an unintelligent character otherwise they set him up as being a carp he, like He'd gone away to the army where he'd become a carpenter. Like he he did things in his life that required intelligence. Um, and it would be one thing if they were really trying to sell you on. He is a, a, a competent player who, because of the constraints, because of trying to turn, you know, become a, a pro quarterback during a reality TV show, just can't keep up with the pressure or something. But it's literally not that. It's literally. It's literally your coach at one point tells the executive producer he wants to pick the other guy, the white quarterback, because the other quarterback 
is smarter than you, right? And like understands it. It's about it's a, you know, it's a it is it's not about your arm, it's about your mind. Um and it gets stuck cuz the the executive producer is like it, you know, that I can't even pronounce that, that white guy's name basically, right? Schmizeski? What is it? I don't know how to pronounce that. That's uh, cool. It's, dude, it's bad. It's like fucking bad. And it's really weird because it it is this is also a, sh- uh, a, 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 um, a game in which a black character talks about how they, they don't want to deal with you anymore because they have to go watch Empire. The new episode of Empire is on. It's like one of the things that works super well about this game or about this story mode is that it exists in the real world. Um, sort of. Like there are references to real things, right? Like at some point somebody says that's what Twitter is for. You know, like it's just like, oh, wow, this is like, okay, like we're really in, in the world right now. Uh and then just this one big blind spot, and then and then like in general, one of the things that's weird is there's like it's filled with country music. You're you're a black kid from Texas, um, and it feels like your blackness outside of this one negative stereotype just doesn't exist, right? Like there is, it is this sort of like um, American like movie black where like if it's not a movie about race then it's just a token black character yeah uh and it's like it's never dealt with in any meaningful way and yet when uh the 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 lead um the lead character uh or i guess i'm sorry his father uh is is played by uh marshall ali and when he like lifts the little kid up lifts you as a little kid up and like says my boy like that's my dad like i just see him you know what i mean like when you're looking over the pictures of your family in your home, you know, bedroom, like when you're seeing Devin Wade, you remember being a high school player and seeing his dad on the sidelines, like all of that does reach into this deep soul of black American identity. Um, specifically this like parental this this like father son thing that that i can like so clearly see my own life it's so rare that i see this part of my experience of blackness in in any media let alone in a video game and so it's been it's just been whiplash moving between those quiet moments of like you know there's a moment where you end up going back to your dad's grave or 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 to like the where the accident happened and it was just like so deeply touching and then the next scene is like back to this really ridiculous like old stereotype about black quarterbacks and it's like so frustrating because they're so close rob does the character like i remember years ago hearing about like that there was a network of black quarterbacks there's almost like a support group because being a black quarterback in the nfl or at any level uh but like it fucks with your head in ways that like your white counterparts don't experience. Like I think totally. there were stories about like, you know, these guys would be like, you know, you'd be having uh, you know, Dante Culpepper like getting calls from like Warren Moon, who was out of the game by that point, but just being like, you know, so like talking through like what you're dealing with, right? The things yep. that you're gonna be scrutinized for that like, you know, a there white quarterback can miss a throw. Yeah. Uh the field generals is what they called the group, which was literally a group of former black quarterbacks who got together to serve as like a support group for young black quarterbacks. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Does the game acknowledge that like there is this fucked up double standard and your character is aware of it? Oh shit. Not at all. Not at all. Like there's none of it. He's just like, I'm just, I, I'm too dumb to put this together. It's too hard for me. Oh, God. I can't do it. Does like, he, wait, does he go too- full hayseed? 
like it's close like in oh, those man. moments rob it's very close to like a second ago like the next scene in some of these cases is like him making high level decisions about who should stay and who should go on the production team for the TV show. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he isn't presented as being this sort of like undereducated character. He isn't incompetent except his brain just doesn't work with football. And it's so frustrating. Uh, so the the thing that I am kind of curious about as well is like is this like is it fulfilling a tutorial function and that's what makes it awkward because like playing no no oh, it's shit. not because a lot of the shit isn't like like it's not so like i mean that's one of the funniest things you're not actually this. being taught to read defenses you're you're being taught what reading defense is right you're yeah. being taught like um or like so like one a lot of the the gameplay in this mode is not playing football a lot of it is like mini games so like some of them are literally like shooting galleries where you're throwing a football at targets you know <laughs> yeah. um, but but other ones are things like there's a play calling drill where your coach will say into his headset he'll say like i formation x go or i formation benches x go y slant z hook or something and then you just pick multiple choice to rebuild that play right yeah. um there are other moments where the coach will be like, all right, I'm going to bring up the uh, a picture. Point at your, your hot route receiver. Tell me which of these people on the, on the thing is your hot, your hot route receiver. Tell me which of these things is like, uh, you know, what is the what would the play option look like on this, on this play? And again, you're like picking from a, a list, basically. Um, and even when you get that right, it comes he, – the plot line is he doesn't get it. Do you know what I mean? Even when yeah. you say you get it. Uh, we know which one of these is uh, oh, is the yeah, so it's totally on rails. Like, there yes. is no way to so, have you your get character it, get it, right? Well, like, there's one question I got where literally the question it was like, um, what you know, which personnel group is this? And the answers were like 11 question mark, 55 question mark, 22. Like, it was like literally the question marks were written into the thing and there was a character in the previous scene who was like listen if you don't know the answer don't guess uh and so i was like all right i'm not gonna guess and and the the coach was like i can't believe you didn't know that and it's like fucking huh. it's it's because here's the other side of this when i was 16 and not playing football i could tell you all of the formations the eagles ran because yeah. i loved football and this is a character who loves football it's what he says again and again is like Football is like the thing that I like. Why am I here is because I want to play football because I grew up playing football with my dad. I love my dad. I love playing football. It's what my identity is. It's what I love more than anything else in the world. It's what I feel good doing. And I just don't buy the notion that someone who loves football that much wouldn't know what the fucking I formation is or what the what a single back formation is or what the shotgun formation is. Like I don't. It's it's implausible, right? Um, and so it's just like it feels so. It's the biggest misstep they could have made in what has otherwise been, and I'm still enjoying it. Like I'm still excited to see where it goes. I want to see what the finale is. Like I'm going into the finale now. It's all building to this game against other up and coming, you know, long shot players and 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 former NFL players who are kind of being put on a team. Um, there's like somewhat. There's like there's some jokes that really miss. I think that the the shitty executive producer character is uh bad is like he's just like too hateable you know he's like a little bit too on the nose uh but the moments where it shines are so unique because we don't get a lot of mundane storytelling um in in games 
we don't get a lot of just like oh it's america and this thing is happening and it's not about shooting and sports are so fertile for it too yes yes totally the illusion um, that it's the level playing field, yes. the fact that it's about like the promise of youth and the reality of adulthood. Yes. Like, dude, yeah. I'm the mo- I'm a very I'm incredibly critical of American foreign policy, of of the way that America uses its armed forces, like deeply, deeply, deeply. There's a sequence in this game where you bring Dan Marino, who's become a sort of mentor character to you in the final half of the game, to your old army base in Dubai, where you you introduce him to your old CO, who is a like a uh, uh, he he'd been in college, he'd been a kicker, but he was just never good enough. He just never could get out of out of like he was like double A, you know. He is like yeah. uh, he's not he was never going to go pro. Um, and there's just this really touching. You end up doing like a scrimmage game. There's a bunch of scrimmage games. That's the other thing. It's like on top of the multiple choice stuff, on top of the shooting galleries with footballs, there are like all right, we're going to play seven on seven. Uh, first downs are every fifteen yards, or if there are no first downs. You have to score a touchdown to within four within four downs. It's kind of like a nice light arcadey mode, which is kind of cool. Um, but uh, in that mode, or in that, there's a moment where you bring Dan Marino to Dubai and like introduce him to all of the you kind of like go with the with the film crew like this is what I was doing when I when I left college I came here I joined the army I didn't know what else to do my dad had died I, I didn't have any opportunities so I joined the army I became a carpenter for the army because of course they want to make sure that you are going to be a character who could not be involved with any like terrible American wrongdoing right like your character is never p- pictured holding a gun um you build things that's what your character does uh and uh you do the scrimmage game at the very end of it you you instead of winning by touchdown you like call out your old co you call him out to kick the final field goal and like i again fuck the the way america uses its armed services you know there is yeah is a, a terrible history uh for as long as for as far back as you want to go it has been bad um but that moment works so well because in very brief moments it it sketches who your CO is and like right. how he encouraged you. It sketches Dan Marino as this guy who is and like maybe this is the, uh, to to the game's credit. Dan Marino comes out and is like, "Listen, fucking go play football. Like it's important for you to learn the the routine. It's important for you to to understand the the system and and what the formations are and how to read a defense and all of that. But all of that will come from you going out there and playing football like marino's entire arc is like the guy who's like remember how you used to play in, in the playground you got to need a little bit of that when it's when the going gets tough when you're really out there you have to call the play that you could feel in your gut is right um and so like, it does kind of come back to that a little bit but it still doesn't quite but they set the bar too low and yes, the reaction exactly. is too naive exactly well, yeah like... exactly he comes across as actually a little naive like he really does come across as like yeah but you're dan marino <laughs> yeah. like yes you can call it from the gut because you're dan marino no one ever said you didn't understand the system, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's setting up this like whole big finale that seems kind of interesting. That's going to be around like you're playing this game and you're trying to make sure you get drafted. But I've read that they are also tracking behind the scenes another player to see if they get drafted based on how you play with them. There's some cool stuff there. And I just wish it didn't have this one really terrible blemish because otherwise I would be out here just like, holy shit, this is really good, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. I can so easily imagine ways it could have been carried off well, right? Like, I mean, because the reality is the quarterback position doesn't work out for most people. 
you yeah. know what I mean? Like right. you're talking right. like yes. you yes. can count on two hands the number of people who are really superb at playing the position in the NFL. And most people, it right. turns in out, the NFL, like yeah. actual pros, there are only a handful. There are only, like you said, two or three who are who are you can build a team around them. Yeah, and then the vast majority, even people who are stars in college, never really like develop the instinct or insight into the game to like play it at the pro level and like react dynamically and it's sad and it's frustrating right but like it's the reality for a lot of guys i could see that story beat working out really really well because this is what derails so many talents uh you know this is but unfortunately it they set the bar for he basically doesn't understand how fucking team lines up right right so I'll finish it. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. Um, I'm if I have the time, I'll try to write about it. But I'm glad I got to have this moment. Yeah, like I think I'm still into it. That's the problem. Like everything you said, like those good moments and those beats. I'm like, mm, but those do sound really good and different than a lot of what else I play. Right. Exactly. That's the other thing. It's like it did just. It has just felt so unique and so different from literally everything else I spend time with, you know, as, as someone who plays a lot of games. Like, going from playing a lot of Need for Speed Payback over the weekend to playing that, going from something that was, like, desperate to figure out how to be bombastic to something that was, that almost seemed to stumble into, but even that's, that's not giving enough credit. Like, something that understood that the most powerful moments could be the quiet ones, could be a shot of you and your friend, like, sitting quietly at the side of the on the side of the road you know or like you wearing a hard hat and shoveling dirt on the old football field you used to play on when you were in high school um they're good high school football flashbacks it's like that stuff works really well like there are shitty like uh local high school like or local radio uh uh like uh play callers um like uh not play callers you know what i'm talking about right like uh radio announcers who are calling your football game in high school and it's just like dudes from the town who talk about other people in the town and who like oh yeah well you know miss murray came over the other night when she brought over a big potato stew and it's like this is the best this is the best this is all i want in games is for mrs murray to come over and bring the big potato stew over and to have that be the topic of conversation instead of the interception i just you know i just uh i just threw or whatever it's very good um and i i want more of that stuff and so like i don't know it gives me hope it it feels like they realize that they should put a campaign mode in for me, you know, like yeah, in the same way that Call of Duty has been for years. We also didn't even get a chance to talk about Call of Duty, but I, I need way more. I you know I I'm not ready to talk about Call of Duty yet. Um, we should maybe do that Friday. Sounds good. We'll try to. In any case, I think I'm I'm done talking about Madden. I'm done talking about aliens we're done talking about whatever the the fake fast and the furious the fake and the furious um yeah probably gonna do it for us this week rob you should watch pitch and sugar those are my two suggestions okay i don't know what those are what are those uh pitch is it was a fox uh drama series about uh the first uh female pitcher in the uh in the major leagues in baseball. Uh, so it was like she is a young black woman from the South who has uh, worked her way into a starting position with the San Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. And 
it is just a surprise. Like, do they lean on sports movie tropes? Hell yes, they do. <laughs> uh, do they also like, is the show also like pretty smart and knowing about the standards that like women and like black athletes are subjected to right, and how those right. interact uh, in, in this one character. Absolutely. They also do a great job of like, Oh God, what I love so much about that show is um, there's a tendency to excessively idealize the protagonist of a show like that. Cause you right. have to like prove like that they deserve this, right. That like that they, that, you know, that they are uh, worthy of the opportunity they are getting. Um and no, like the the Ginny Baker character in the show is likable, warm, also really persnickety at times. You know what I mean? Like has really believable and convincing flaws. Can get like right. really pigheaded and arrogant out of the blue because damn it, this brought her this far. So who the hell are you to tell her you know to do something different uh, now that she's gotten the show? Uh, so. I think you would dig that. And then just those moments you were talking about, those, the softer, like, downbeat moments yeah. about, like, the sport. Uh, there is this amazing film uh, called Sugar uh, about this. I want to say um, it's basically about the, the, the pipeline and the farm system uh, from the Dominican Republic to the National Leagues. Uh, and about the people who leak out of that pipeline. Right. It's so good. All right. I will look into those for sure. <sighs> okay, that's going to do it for us this week. I'm Austin Walker. You can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Rob? Uh, at Rob Zachney on Twitter. Awesome. You find everything we do at waypointadvice.com, twitter.com slash waypoint, uh, facebook.com slash waypointvice, youtube.com slash waypointvice, and twitch.tv slash waypoint. My throat is killing me. I've never really got over that sickness I've been battling on and off for the last week. Uh, and I didn't sleep last night because I was too better, too too uh, caught up anxiously playing Madden, which is a weird thing for me to say. So you need me uh, to close this out. I need you to. I, yeah. I need you, you know what? I'm gonna do the Danielle. I'm shout out to Danielle who is getting right. her wrist looked at, and I'm gonna say be good and be good at it. And then I need you to say something else. Thanks to Bowen for peace. I hate this. Waypoint.zone slash b o e n. Can I get another piece? Can I get... Be good at it. Peace. <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 